welcome to Penn Weekly. We're filming this on a Tuesday night on January 22nd, and right now we have Sun Penn on the line. Sun, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, doing great. Uh, what a weekend for football. Um, there are some winners and losers. I think uh, let's go ahead and talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their big comeback win against the Falcons. Uh, you know, being a big Niners fan, how happy are you? I'm pretty excited for the 49ers, but at the same time, I really like my teams to win the championship game if they ever get there. So I'm trying to hold off the excitement until what happens in the Super Bowl. I like to see them win first. Uh, if they lose, kind of makes my excitement right now kind of moot. So I, I usually tend to be a little reserved. Just wait and see who wins the whole thing before I get too excited. Uh, you should be excited. It's the first Super Bowl in nearly 20 years. I mean, a lot of people did pick the Niners to make the Super Bowl, but uh, did you expect at the beginning of the season, were you picking the Niners to uh, make it this far? No, mostly because I didn't believe in their offense. The, uh, as we saw in the championship game where Alex Smith played against the, the Giants, their offense was horrible. And they did very little to upgrade the offense. They added Randy Moss, who is who had been a year out of football. And, and in the last season before that, he was on three teams. All of them did did not want him. <laughs> right. And they, right. And they signed Mario Manningham, who I thought was good, but was also, I think, the third receiver on the, on the Giants. So a little concerned with the Niners offense um, being good enough to make the Super Bowl to uh, see how, how little upgrades they had made. But with the addition of Colin Kaepernick and how explosive he can be, it's made the – it's taken the Niners offense to uh, where the ceiling is kind of unlim- – I wouldn't say unlimited, but much, much higher than when Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. Oh, definitely. Uh if you notice the Niners' offense after they went down 17 to zero, just the speed on the offensive side of the ball with Kaepernick, maybe the fastest player on offense or fastest for sure quarterback in the league, and then you have Michael James, just a speed guy and maybe the fastest tight end in the league in Vernon Davis. So that offense is built for power and speed. So it's really an exciting offense. Uh, I didn't think. The Niners would make this far either just because in the NFC Championship game, Alex Smith uh, didn't complete a pass to a wide receiver until overtime. Um, that, that makes a big problem. It's hard to believe in a guy think, like Alex Smith. You think uh, Kaepernick is faster than Michael Vick or Robert Griffin? Yes. Uh, if you've seen sure. the Packers game, he outran the entire Packers secondary. 55-yard run, it's hard to do. This football. Yeah, Robert Griffin is a world-class hurdler. This guy's a That's true. Class That's true. Um, I watched a lot of 49er football this year, and I don't watch very much Redskin football, but Kaepernick, if he's not the fastest, maybe top two. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take top three. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know their times, but he's very fast. The thing about Kaepernick when he yeah. runs, though, it doesn't look like he's running very fast, but he eats up yards when he runs. He gets up. He's got those long strides. 
yeah, big, powerful guy. Um, it was really a, a great game. Um, you know, I'm happy 49ers. You know, I like their uniforms. And um, now this NFC Championship game, is this storyline more of a Falcons collapse or a Niners comeback? I'm going to go with more of a 49ers comeback. Before, uh, the Falcons made a few mistakes. They turned the ball over a few times. But at the same time, the 49ers, Michael Crabtree, he fumbled the ball at the, I don't know, inside the one-yard line going in for a touchdown. So the 49ers had their fair share of mistakes as well. They also had a few penalties that uh, they committed that were in crucial moments. But at the same time, the Falcons did have a chance at the end to to, to take the lead but they turned it over on downs on uh, inside the red zone. So I think it's more of the 49ers won that game um, after they made a few adjustments and covering the, the outside, especially Julio Jones uh, going for those touchdowns. Yeah, it's exactly like the Seattle game. It was really, really strange. You know, you have Matt Ryan throw three touchdowns in the first half, and this looked like it's going to just be a runaway game. Um, or first quarter. So, wow, it was just such a such a tale for the Falcons team. Tough, tough loss for him. But yeah, Niners look really good. And uh, any last thoughts on this Niner win? I think the nation can thank the 49ers for hearing Will Matt, Pine, Matt Ryan play in the Super Bowl storylines <laughs> because he had injured his shoulder towards the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Spring shoulder. Yeah, well, uh, and, uh, yeah, congratulations to Niners moving on. Uh, congratulations, uh, to Utah fans to see their best, their only number one overall pick, uh, can't get benched during the season. I'm happy about that. Uh, moving on, we're going to go ahead and uh, look into the AOC. Another disappointing loss, uh, for the New England Patriots. You know, you could see it coming. The Ravens played well. Uh, I'm not too upset about this loss. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl was worse. Losing to the Jets was worse a couple of years ago. The Ravens just played really well. And for some reason, the Patriots just looked so... They didn't bring the energy level up. Just uh, Ravens are just so much more intent in just laying the wood out on everybody. Especially uh, Bernard Pollard, um, <laughs> the murderer. Just ready. So I don't know what the Patriots did to Bernard Pollard. <laughs> uh, he wants to kill every single one of them, I think. My goodness. Anyways, I, one thing I think that really doomed the Patriots was, uh, I think Grantland's, um, expose on Ray Lewis's murder trial. <laughs> um, just, they think that's just bad karma, just having him bring it up every five minutes that this guy might have possibly killed somebody. <laughs> he was acquitted, of course, but, um, it's very shady what happened. <laughs> but it was just bad karma just to just throw this stuff out there all day long. And then you have Wes Welker's wife coming out and saying crazy stuff about Ray Lewis again. So, yeah, I mean, uh, anything like that that comes up, you know, you're just asking for some really fired up Ravens team. Anyway, uh, what do you think about Huh? I, I have two things to say about what you just said. One, uh, about Ray Lewis, I think he I think he pled out to his plea, which I don't know if he ever 
admitted whether he was guilty or not, but I think he did. He did plead out, so I don't think he was acquitted. Either way, it doesn't matter. He was, he was not a, he didn't do any jail time and did not get convicted of murder, murder one. <laughs> Unlike his friends who eventually did. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, he testified against two of his friends who did get murder charges against him and did go to jail. Or prison, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the second thing I want to say was short of, uh, bringing a weapon onto the field, uh, I think, Bernard Pollard has done as much damage to injuring Patriots as uh, as he possibly can. I think that uh, the scene where after Bernard Pollard had knocked out Ridley and trainers were trying to get to, uh, to help Ridley with his arms twitching, a giant heap of football players trying to recover the fumble right next to his motionless body is maybe the ugliest football scene I've seen uh in recent memory, I cannot think of an uglier scene on the football field. That's right with team, just a bunch of animals. Um, I did uh, not know if Ridley was alive or not. <laughs> I was like, I hope he's not dead. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I didn't think he was, yeah, his body was twitching, but not even the, the, the trainers could even get enough room around him to, because so many players are fighting for the football. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I actually thought that wasn't uh, a fumble. I mean, uh, you know, his forearm hit the ground before uh, the ball came out. I mean, whatever, you know, I don't know how they uh, thought it was a fumble. But either way, I guess the Ravens deserve the ball after maiming somebody. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it was a fumble. I think that his – actually, when he was going down, his the knee hit the ball out. But I think his other knee was already down, even if, you know, and his former – Forearm had already touched, so I don't think it was a fumble. But I, I, I think the refs were just shocked by the the violent hit. They just said, "Okay, that's they deserve the ball after that one." Yeah, <laughs> or there's no way he any... held, right? Or there's no way he held up to the ball after that kind of hit. And nobody complained. Uh, nobody complained. I was surprised. I was like, "All right, well, I think that really got into everybody's head." Um, it really ended the game for the Patriots. Nobody wants to play football after seeing something like that. This this rate I don't know what it is with Bernard Palmer. What did he what did the Patriots do? Um did did Bill Belichick kidnap his children? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's, hold him in a dungeon. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's so weird. Just such a weird career for Bernard Pollard. This is no longer a coincidence. You know, I, you know Brady and Walker, I thought it was a coincidence. Yeah. You know, Gronk Kelsey, you're like, okay. But now, Ridley, it's it's more than a coincidence. It's a curse. They should make him play offense on. a little bit. They should make Bernard Potter play uh, fullback. See, see what kind of damage he do on the Patriots' defense. <laughs> uh, nobody wants to hit this guy. Everyone's, everyone's <laughs> definitely afraid. Bernard Potter had zero forced fumbles the entire season. And then finally, the AFC Championship game, you know, he doesn't, you know, just knocks the player out, just lodges the ball. So, you know, uh, and a uh, big story, I guess, besides for the Patriots, uh, not playing well is Joe Flacco's uh, ability to throw a ball down field. He played really well, you know, even though everybody was so down on him during the year. Flacco looked good. And the Ravens, everybody on the Ravens looked good. And, uh, I guess we're all headed to now a uh, hardball ball. 
Now, is that the biggest storyline of the, this year's Super Bowl? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. That or the Ray Lewis, uh, his last game. Reverend Ray Lewis, his last game. Or Alex Smith finally gets a chance to tie Aaron Rodgers for number of Super Bowl wins. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the debate of whether who really should have been number one continues if Alex Smith wins his first Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what does Alex Smith have to say to Aaron Rodgers? Um, <laughs> Uh, nothing, I guess. But oh, he still gets the ring, you know. So yeah, that's good. You know, I, no one's ever looked any more despondent than Alex Smith for these past few games. Just so sad. I wonder what he's going through his mind. Oh, I, I think he's thinking. I hope uh, Kaepernick blows a knee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if he's thinking. You know, I could, I could have been, I could have been doing this. Yeah, I could have been doing this. <laughs> I could have ran for all those yards. I I could have let this team back. I, I, I wonder if he actually thinks that. Uh, he probably does. I don't know why he wouldn't. Um, he, he's probably a confident person. He got to the NFL. So, That's true. Well, yeah. yeah, why not? I, I guess so. Um, I guess being benched for Sean Hill and uh, Troy Smith doesn't ruin your confidence during your career. <laughs> well, he was doing well, no doubt about it. Yeah, but definitely Kaepernick's the right one. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, you know, it's kind of cool to see two brothers in the Super Bowl. Um, not, not, uh, not the Lovey Smith, uh, Tony Dungy kind of brothers, but uh, actual blood brothers. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> or not so it's the... pretty exciting. Not the Michael Strahan, uh, D.O. Hughley kind of brothers. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, short-lived TV show. Um, and, uh, that's, uh, that's way different. <laughs> I actually watched an episode of that. It's not bad. Oh, really? <laughs> really? It's not good, but it's it's not bad. It's got some funny, yeah. it's funny parts. Really? But it, that's not bad. <laughs> it's on Hulu. I'm going to search it on Hulu. <laughs> that was the AFC-NFC Championship game. Uh, I guess some quick thoughts about the Patriots. Um, Brady and Belichick, another year older. Uh, Brady's going to be 36. Um, has only played two good playoff games in the past six years. We'll see what happens. Um, so what do you think the Patriots need to do to uh, get better? They need to upgrade their secondary, I think, first and foremost. Uh, they really – well, Akeem Tlaib went out, so pretty early in the game. And so I think it was back to the old, same old Patriots who give up a lot of yards in the air. I also think that – I found it weird that Bill Belichick was so conservative in his play calling this game. He punted – Inside the Patriots 40 twice and inside the 50 four times, I think, in the whole game. I guess Belichick sometimes chokes. Uh, I don't know when the pressure gets to him. Uh, just like the Super Bowl with the Giants, you know, they just play so con- ultra conservative, check down, check down, you know, afraid to go deep. You know, what do they really think this Patriot defense was just so amazing to pin them back? Or 
where they're playing percentages. I, I have no idea, but maybe they're just throwing into, they don't want to throw into the wind. But in these situations, you, you have to try to win the game. I mean, last year, the Patriots barely won the AFC Championship game, you know, save for a, you know, botched field goal or a strip or a Vince Wilson's play. And Patriots didn't get any lucky breaks this time. And, uh, yeah, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't too sad. I just want to go, uh, get some gelato afterwards after, uh, watch the game. You know, just, uh, you know, after I got some gelato, I felt pretty good afterwards. So hopefully next year they could, uh, sign, um, Deion Sanders or something. I don't know. I don't know what they need to do. That's what, because the thing is, you know, past couple off seasons, they've been working a lot on secondaries, spent a lot of picks on defensive backs. Been a lot of picks on pass rushers, and uh, nothing's panned out. So, coincidentally, I think Rob Nikovich went for a gelato as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, Tom Brady, Wes Walker, they'll probably go out for gelato. Uh, uh, I guess the next question is, who on the Patriots this summer is going to get a hair transplant? Who's left? No, <laughs> um, Danny Woodhead. Z. <laughs> okay, I have a question. How about will Wes Welker sign with the Patriots or or resign with the Patriots or will he sign with some some other team like like Denver? The Patriots don't want to give him all that money for a thirty two year old guy who uh you know, is a really good player, um, but you know, he's had some unmemorable moments of the Patriots with his drops in the Super Bowl and last uh week's game and but I think he's a really important player, and he, the Patriots should sign him, and they should pay him. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's, they're going to let him walk, and um, you know, he's going to end up you know, having a so-so career for the rest of his life. But at least he'll get paid, so I'm happy for him in that regard. But I think he leaves. I think if he leaves, I think he's going to go to the Broncos. I think he's going to go to... Uh, the Browns and just uh, have a 40 catch season. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have Wes Walker go to the Jets or the Broncos? Oh, the Broncos. Team up with Peyton Manning. Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm happy. Happy for Wes Walker. Um, you know, I want good things to happen for him. So, no hard feelings. I, mean, you know, Patriots just don't want to pay him. That's that's really the big story. And that's why they franchised them this year, because they don't want to give them uh, They don't want to pay the man. Well, that seems like it's the Patriot way. Yeah, and the thing is, once these guys leave the Patriots, nobody ever does good. I mean, can you think of a guy who left the Patriots and uh, still went to the Pro Bowl? Matt Castle? <laughs> oh, no? Okay. I think, uh. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll have a job next year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of a single player. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't. The only one maybe that comes to mind. Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, he's the only guy. But everybody else, no. You know, you have um, Randy Moss or Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, or um, Dion Branch. Anybody from the Super Bowl teams, they all got paid, and then they were never heard from again. How about Adam Vinatieri? Oh yeah, he won Super Bowl afterwards. Good for him. How about Dan Coppin? Um, he 
he landed where? Where did he end up? The, the Broncos? Bron- Broncos, yeah. Is there anybody else? No, not really. Teddy Bruschi? Yeah, yes, yeah. Benjamin Watson? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He went to the Browns. That's uh, the Browns. That's where Patriots go to die. <laughs> you know, you have a point there. I don't think there are any good Patriots that had left and were still good. <laughs> yeah, Maybe out of Vinatieri, but that's about it. Yeah, kicker. Yeah, so hopefully they they can find something to replace uh, Walker's production. And uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what what they'll find out there? Hopefully they'll find someone. Julian Edelman. I don't think he's the guy to do it. But... Oh, oh, Marcus Samuel. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did good. He was good. Yeah. Yeah, he went to a couple Pro Bowls afterwards. Ty Law, maybe? Uh, yeah, I think he had, had to leave an interception once. Yeah, once. Yeah, on the end of the cheap. Yeah, so um, occasionally it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, good luck. Good luck to the Patriots. And the uh, uh, sad, sad part is, you know, Tom Brady doesn't have anybody to give Uggs uh, during the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, let's look ahead at the Super Bowl right now. It looks like the the line is the Niners by. Actually, why don't you go ahead and get the line? What do you think it is? Uh, I might have saw it, but I don't remember what it was. Is it five? It's four. 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 Okay. Really? You think that's a little high? Yeah. Uh, what What would you guess the line to be? One and a half. Oh, really? <laughs> Close. Close. Give a, you know, you just want to have high expectations just in case uh, an art caller uh, murders for <laughs> for people uh, <laughs> before the game starts. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one. Um, right now, you know, we don't have to really talk about uh, the game, but uh, looking ahead at storylines, um, you know, Kaepernick's first Super Bowl or Niners' first Super Bowl in nearly 20 years. Um, it's going to be an exciting, exciting Super Bowl. To uh, who are you working for in the Super Bowl? It's a tough one between my two favorite coaches. Uh, just kidding. Um, of course, I'm reporting for the 49ers to win their sixth Super Bowl. Also go 6-0. Just like Michael Jordan wow. in the finals. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to, or I'm sure, I should say, I'm hoping that the 49ers will play well enough to win, so that Jim Harbaugh could be. Uh, is he? Is he? Do you think he's the best coach in the NFL right now? Best what? Or coach? The best coach? Yeah, coach. He's done so much for this Niners team, and this Niners team is so physical, and they play so hard, and um, you know, the game plans that he comes with, up with every week. Uh, yeah, you know, you'd have to give the job Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, I mean. Yeah, I think so. I think he's a best coach, but I couldn't tell whether I just liked him a lot or if he really was. He also is the biggest whiner in the league. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And, um, Captain Comeback from uh, 1996. You know, I've always liked Jim Harbaugh. And uh, his infamous 1996 Hail Mary against the Steelers, uh, he caught it, <laughs> screaming down, down the sideline. 
I when I was watching that live, I actually thought he did catch it, but wow, what, what a call by the refs! They saw it all the way. Yeah, it was Aaron Bailey. Uh, no replay at the time too, so um, the ref said, "Yeah, he got it." <laughs> Big disaster. Yeah. Not, I mean, that might be one of the greatest calls in NFL history by a referee or official. Yeah. I mean, if they, I mean, it would have been easy to make the wrong call, and the Colts would have gone to the Super Bowl. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, lose to the Cowboys by forty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Colts have yeah, the Colts would have lost by forty. Yeah, that would have been yeah, that's about right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, he's a great coach. He's a great coach. And uh, John Harbaugh is also a great coach. And, uh, you know, I can't believe he, he rounded up the lunch of these hooligans and uh, had them play so different. Uh, I mean, he, he doesn't act like, you know, any of those guys like Terrell Suggs or Ed Reed or Greg Lewis. But for some reason, they all really like him. They all really, yeah. Yeah, really, Jim Harbaugh acts more like those guys than John Harbaugh does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is funny because John, Har- or John Harbaugh's a defense guy and Jim Harbaugh's an offense guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I guess you know, we got my supporting staff. Um, the uh, the resurrection of uh, Jim Caldwell is also amazing. This guy <laughs> was... Uh, was the offensive coordinator in week 15. And now uh, just, uh, just doing a great job calling plays. So, yeah, good, good for the Ravens. Um, I'm, I'll be rooting against the Ravens for sure. <laughs> so, uh, I guess you, what's, uh, your early Super Bowl pick? The Ravens, actually. Oh, yeah, you know, of course, you know, you don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> No, I think the Ravens, because here's my reason. I think the Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh thing is a real thing. And I think the older brother, he they they beat the – the Ravens beat the 49ers last year. Right. In a game where, where Alex Smith was back maybe 60 times. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check those numbers. but And I think he, they might just have an upper, van, uh, upper hand. The Ravens have been there before. A, I think this Ray Lewis thing is real, at least for the players. I think a lot is riding on it as far as experience goes and how hungry the Ravens are. Yeah, yeah, you know, they, they truly are this year. Nobody believed last team's um, two road wins against heavy uh, favorites. And everybody's playing well, and they still have the X-Factor and Ray Rice, who hasn't actually played that well in this year's playoffs, but, you know, due for a big game. Um, I'm actually my early pick right now is the Niners by a small margin just because I think the Niners have a more explosive offense and uh you know, I wanna say they're a more physical team, but you know, Ravens look just as physical. And I mean I just want to see uh, as many concussions as as I can in one Super Bowl. <laughs> I think what the Niners uh, strategy this week is Frank Gore is going to renounce his retirement uh, tomorrow. They need that. They need that extra emotion. This should be an I quit match. Uh. <laughs> Maybe Justin Smith announces his retirement. 
That would be big. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the entire defense announces their retirement. They want to come back. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. <laughs> or Alex Smith, uh, Alex Smith needs to do something. I feel like, uh, you know, he just can't go out like this. I think he, I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, poor guy. Uh, oh, poor guy. He's a youth. Uh, good riddance. That's what deserves. Your youth hate is still strong. Uh, hate, hating these guys. I guess we're going to switch gears now to a disaster season uh, by the Lakers. Another three-game losing streak, I think it is. And right now, the Lakers are 2-9 and nine in the month of January. I think that's worst record in the league. January. Yeah, that is bad. <laughs> that is. Um, right now, there are actually four games out of the playoff, last playoff spot. Yeah, what do you think their chances are? Actually, I'll tell you what the chances are of the Lakers making the playoffs. The same uh, percentage or probability that Bill Jackson comes back and coaches his team. Right now, I think the Lakers have... <laughs> Zero chance of making a playoffs under Mike D'Antoni. The what's the excuse to George this time? Wait till Steve Nash gets back. Well, he's been back for about <laughs> ten games. <laughs> Wait till Gasol gets back. Well, Gasol and Howard have been back for about five games. Yet the team is playing worse and worse with less. I don't want to say it, coaching and direction uh, than ever. Dwight Howard loses his cool in Toronto. Gets kicked out. Although the second one, the second technical uh, that got kicked out may not have been a technical. It was rescinded by the league. Still, uh, he's got to know that not to get too far out of when he already has one technical. Kyle Gasol has gone to the bench. Something Mike D'Antoni no no more than ten days ago said that he wouldn't do. And now the Lakers' dream season has turned into, like you said, a disaster. <laughs> This is the worst possible scenario. A player, Dwight Howard, who was considered the second best player in the league two years ago, um, can't lead a team with uh, you know, three other All-Stars above 500. And I guess the worst scenario is how Dwight Howard only took five shots yesterday against the Bulls. Five shots. This is like Joel Anthony territory right now. Um on the uh, usage percentage for Dwight Howard. It's it's pretty ugly. Um, I think, though, moving Pau Gasol to the bench is a good idea. But generally speaking, everything's a mess, everything. I think under D'Antoni's system, yeah, I think moving Gasol to the bench is a good play. But if you had a better coach, or Phil Jackson, arguably the greatest coach of all time, he wouldn't do that because Phil would find a way to work it out where he would get all his best players on the court at the same time. Oh, yeah. I think that – I think one thing has to be said about the argument that Phil Jackson has only won with good players. Mike Bantoni is a great example how having great players does not make you a great coach, and it does not, make, does not always lead to success. And Phil Jackson is that coach who is able to win uh, championships with great players but it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, Mike D'Antonio's had a sub-500 record with four 
future Hall of Famers. Uh, another argument is Michael Jordan and Kobe Wright has never won have never won a championship without Phil Jackson as a coach. And I think people really underestimate how great of a job he did to say, oh, he had Jordan, or he had Shaq, and oh, he had Kobe. Because look what's happening right now. They're telling out Gasol, Nash, Bryant, and Howard. And they, they've only won two games in all of January. <laughs> it's pretty sad. It is very sad. Um, it's tough. I think... I'm going to go to a Laker game just to boo. <laughs> just to boo the entire team. Um, that's the only reason I'm going to go see these guys play. And, <laughs> yeah, this is it was a mistake from the beginning once you have Mike Brown and then you go to even a worse idea to bring in Mike Denton. I think we would have been better off with Mike Brown uh, and his uh, one and. 14, uh, 1 and 12 record, including preseason. <laughs> so. Well, we're not far off with Mike Antoni. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Is Mike Antoni going to resign? I hope so. Um, how can Dwight Howard only get five shots? This guy, I don't think it's his health. It's, it's so weird uh, just to see something like this. You know, a guy who led an Orlando team to the finals. A guy who, in an elimination game against the Celtics, had uh, 30 and 20 games against the uh, playoffs in an elimination game. So this is definitely you know, one of the best players. It's not a talent issue. And, you know, let's say he's a little hurt, but his explosive's not there. But uh, still, this guy needs uh, more usage, more usage out of him. He needs to touch the ball more, and you know you have when you have a you know, guard-oriented offense and a guy like Kobe Bryant, where uh, everyone's just too afraid to stand up to him, especially uh, D'Antoni. You know he's not going to listen to anybody unless his name's Phil Jackson or Derek Fisher. Right now, it's when Kobe Bryant is just uh, the way he is with his personality. It's basically bad cop, no cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. you said before, like you said before, it's Phil Jackson and Derek Fisher being good cop, and Kobe being bad cop to help the team out. Now it's just Kobe playing bad cop, and there is no good cop. It's just yeah. uh, he's just going nuts on the town, and nobody can stop him. That's <laughs> uh, just a totalitarianistic uh, communist yeah role. Yeah, where, <laughs> you think you think guys like Steve Nash and Howard, the guys who you know, had their own teams, you know, would have enough uh, personality, you know, to just say, hey, you know, we're going to do things my way. And I don't know. It's um, it's definitely uh, one of the most disappointing seasons I've ever seen as a Lakers fan. Um, oh, I can't think of a more disappointing season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you're right. There's never been a more disappointing season. Even when Magic Johnson was a coach, that wasn't that disappointing since the uh, Lakers didn't have talent that year. Uh, all they had was Nick Van Axel and a flat top. And well, that's okay. That's okay. But the next year they got Dill Harris and made the playoffs. Eddie yeah, Jones, Yeah, and I really like that. Cedric uh, Sabalos, uh, Eddie Jones team, Nick Van Axel. Those are good times. Underdog team. 
who knows? Who knows? No one has answers. Upchak has no answers. <laughs> Buff has no answers. Mike D'Antoni, if you see him in interviews, he's just a despondent, just staring off into space, just wondering, you know, you know, if if he didn't wasn't so uh, high on Mike and whatever he was taking for his knee at the time, would he be actually taking this job? <laughs> well, yeah, I think he was taking this job. He was unemployed at the time, and then they offered him three years for $21 million. I think that was a no-brainer. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, <laughs> take the money, take the money and just just uh, wish... I mean, does Mike D'Antoni, uh, does he think the key's like the shape, like a trapezoid in this league? I mean, does, I don't even know <laughs> if he knows what game he's playing. I think the excuse now is wait till Steve Blake comes back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is there left? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know how when teams are down 8 or 10 in the fourth quarter, and you're like, oh, if they get a nice little run, they could come back and win this game. When I see the Lakers down the fourth quarter by 10, I think, oh, this game is over. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen too many times, times come back within three, and then, uh, you know, Kobe launches a crazy three-pointer, and then anyone just jogs back with their heads down. <laughs> uh, I've seen that all year long. Yeah, there's nobody else out there who's just, Willing to just take the ball away from Kobe and just, you know, you think Steve Nash would just, you know, chuck it and without being afraid of Kobe Bryant just staring at him. But, no, he's afraid too. Yeah, Steve Nash did say after the last thing, he's like, I'm going to shoot the ball more now. (laughs) And he should. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, that's what he said. Let's take control, Steve Nash. You know, Kobe Bryant, you know, just because uh, you know, he's a mean guy, he doesn't mean you have to be afraid of him. You know, just because uh, he got into a fight with Chris Childs uh, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think that, I don't want to say this, but I think it's funny that Kobe has all these excuses, but the real reason for doing so poorly is his off-ball defense and transition defense. Maybe, maybe the worst in the league. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He tried his best to, do, you know, play defense like a couple games before the Miami game. He played hard. And then uh, Dwayne Wade came to town and then uh, embarrassed Kobe. And Kobe's like, you know, I'm <laughs> wasting too much energy just uh, being terrible on defense. So, And plus, now that he's trying hard on defense, his shooting percentages haven't gone way down again. So you know, you can't have can't have both with Kobe. You either have to play defense and he shoots terribly, or you know, have to just shoot the ball and then uh, not play defense. Also funny that after the game after he said he was tired and needed help on offense, he took the most shots the next game. He took 24 shots and Dwight Howard took five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's always open. Did you see that Kobe Bryant? He he's never seen an 81 point game before, but he he watched it today and live tweeted it, and he really? said something along the line. Yeah, he should, if it's on his Twitter, and 
He said that he should have scored 100 points. <laughs> he said he should have. He should have. He made. He missed so many easy shots. He should have scored 100 points. <laughs> he should have scored 100. That's funny. Uh, you know, that's, that's fine. I I believe it. Um, uh, did he end it with the Mamba out? Uh, oh, I didn't. I don't know. Actually, I don't know how he ended it. <laughs> also, also saw a stat that said that Kobe took 46 shots in that game. Only three players have taken that many shots in a game, and Kobe's done it three times, <laughs> or something like that. Wow. Two or three times. He's only played wow. more than one. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, well, that's pretty impressive. Um, never seen such a chucker in my life. Um, you know, good for Kobe Bryant, and uh, hopefully. Catches Carl Malone in the points. If that's the only thing he cares about, I, it's such a weird season. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's just a disaster. What do you think? Okay, well, do you think they have a chance of making the playoffs? Uh, you know, you know, you look at the talent, and you look, and you always say, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, but then you look at the reality of, and you look at, you know what happened during the entire season and then the fact that they have the next what, 60% of their games are on the road and I think they've only won maybe six or seven road games all year. Five. Five? Oh, five? Oh, my goodness. Five. They're five and 14 on the road. Five and 14. Yeah, and then you look at information like that and you're just like, I don't know, um, you know, they have to they have to keep playing just to just to make money. But you know, if this was like a team down for the lottery, or if they actually had a number one pick, I'd I'd just be like, okay, you know, let's just uh, ship it in, uh, pack it in, guys. We'll just wait till next year. I think they should uh, pull up what Team France did in the World Cup once. They just even though they have games from reading on schedule, just go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you guys are fine. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah, save your knees, Kobe. Just uh, yeah, just play. Yeah, next, let's play just wait till next year when when uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, Dwight Howard, Pagasol Howard, both leave, and then Steve Nash retires, and uh, Kobe Bryant bring back uh, and Lakers bring back Smush Parker and Chris Men. <laughs> See, let's have another season like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, now it will. That would be the, the best ending to Kobe's career, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I think he would just love it. Just, <laughs> just trash talk his teammates. <laughs> and then try to score 40 points every game. I think he would have really won. Yeah, just uh Oh well, I, I don't expect the Lakers to make the playoffs anymore. So I still want them to be successful, but I don't. I just don't expect them to do well anymore. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, let's go ahead and uh, switch gears here. Um, right now, uh, uh, one of our favorite actors uh, came out with a, a Penn Weekly favorite, and one of our favorite actors, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Coming out with a new movie, The Last Stand, and it opened with a, I'd say, 
not what they quite hoped for results in the box office. Um, do you have a few thoughts on uh, Schwarzenegger's return to the big screen? I do. Uh, Schwarzenegger recently released his movie The Last Stand, which opened to 10th in the box office. It, it lost uh, to the likes of Silver Linings Playbook, which had been out for 10 weeks already. Uh, That's a good movie. movie. It just had a wide release. Well, I'm not saying it's not a good movie, but it's been out. But it's been out. It it lost to a movie called uh, The the Haunted House, which (laughs) is in the scary movie uh, vein of cinema. (laughs) So to say that it had a poor weekend would be an understatement. But then again, how many people remember Schwarzenegger nowadays as an action star instead of a a governor uh, who ended his term in scandal? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, not 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 the best finish for Schwarzenegger. I'm still a Schwarzenegger fan. Um, I had a friend uh, see Schwarzenegger come out with a new movie, and her response was. Oh, this guy's a terrible governor. And did you see what he did to California? I was like, oh, I, no, I don't care. <laughs> but um, I think guys like Schwarzenegger, these action heroes, I think they should just stick with ensemble movies. Uh, you know, I saw The Expendables too, and um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, there are a lot of fun surprises. Uh, have you seen that yet? I haven't seen the second one. I saw the I saw the first one. It had a lot of Stallone, a lot of Statham, and a lot of a lot of violence. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I I mean, sorry, quote unquote action <laughs> in it. So uh, I think it was, I thought it was a decent movie. I heard the second one was better. Yeah, yeah, I really did like it, and um, the people who uh, had cameos in the last one are are more prominent in this one. The, and it's it's a lot more tongue in cheek, so so it's kind of like um, reliving your childhood watching The Expendables too. That's that's more more than anything. That's what it felt like. Now so fun. there there are rumors that Nicolas Cage will be in Expendables three. <laughs> oh, I'm more than excited. More than excited. Also, <laughs> in a rumor mill, uh, Jackie Chan might appear in it as well. Oh, wow. Now, Steven Seagal, I think, is the he's the great whale. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they're really trying to get, yeah, they're trying to get him. I don't know what he's he's waiting for, uh, the first one, but, you know, seeing how these franchises go, uh, they can make six or seven or eight of these. And we're right now on our fifth Die Hard coming out next month. I'm excited for that one. Um, hopefully it's it doesn't the ending doesn't reveal that Tom McLean is actually a robot or a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, trending that way at least. Uh. <laughs> is he even human anymore? Uh, if you see the first one compared to the fourth one, I, you don't you don't know if this guy <laughs> if these movies are ever based in reality anymore, but. Um, I think that's one of the things uh, about the last stand is, uh, you know, with all this 
I think this came out in the wrong time because you have a lot of these uh, gun gun violence stories happening America, across America. You know, I, I don't know if people are ready to watch uh, a guy just um, shoot 5,000 rounds of uh, machine gun bullets into uh, these Mexican cartels. So I don't know if uh, everyone's quite yet ready to see this. Yeah. Now, Stallone has a movie coming out later this month that hasn't come out already, Bullets in the Head, and that looks like more of the same. But Stallone and Schwarzenegger later this year are releasing a movie I can't remember the name of it, but they're they're gonna they're gonna do do one together for the first time. Oh really? Yeah. They're gonna oh, they're gonna uh, do another one. Is it Tango and Cash too? <laughs> I think it's called the Tomb. <laughs> A Tomb. Oh this. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, it has a big cast in it, you know. Um, Academy Award nominee Amy Ryan will be in it. June Bugs. Oh, no, Amy Ryan? Yeah. Wait, what, what is she nominated for? Uh, does, um, I think Gone Baby Gone. Oh, she was on The Office, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, let's see. Oh, Schwarzenegger has a, is busy, you know. He's uh he's going back to the well. It looks like uh, another Conan, another uh, twins movie called Triplets, and another Terminator movie. And then he's crossing into a uh, John Claude Van Damme's uh, territory with Unknown Soldier. Hey, is that is that related to Universal Soldier? I, I hope so. Oh. <laughs> Uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like it. Okay, so I have one more movie question for you. Uh, this year, a movie will, will be released called... It's... Uh, well, let me see. Let me say this over. There's a movie with Will Smith being released this year. It's director M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've heard of this. Uh, After Earth. After um, her break. Uh, yeah. I'm already trying to <laughs> Oh, go ahead. I'm trying to figure out how this movie is going to do. I'm not Shyamalan, historically, trending downwards. Uh, very poor box office, very poor movies. Will Smith, unstoppable movie star, unless uh, he's in it's Hancock. <laughs> or <laughs> Emma Black. <laughs> Still yeah, money. Black uh, in the bed. You know, I like that. That's great. You know, I like Okay, okay. <laughs> um, either way, is this just Will Smith testing how strong of a movie star he is? That uh, there is no kryptonite, no movie kryptonite big enough to stop him? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, he's just playing with house money right now. He, I think... I think he's just trying to, um, his co-star in this movie is actually his son, uh, his son, his son, um, <laughs> Will Smith Jr., I don't remember his name, <laughs> it's not Hillary, Jaden Smith, Jaden, that's his name, Jaden, um, yeah, so he's just, you know, he just wants to be the most powerful star in Hollywood and just see what he, what he could get away with, um, 
I think his next movie is he's going to co-star with Mel Gibson. And <laughs> uh, I think his next movie will be directed by Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, comedy. Uh, After Earth is actually, I think it's scheduled for like a July 4th or around there yeah. release. Right. So, wow. That's all I have to say about that. And my Shyamalan. Huh. Yeah, um, you know, I think the twist is the Statue of Liberty is going to be popping up <laughs> after. I hope I hope that's a twist. <laughs> Will Smith is a cyborg. I don't know. Well, <laughs> after um, Earth, I don't know. I don't know anything about the movie, but it sounds like I'm Legend. It sounds like a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, you're right. It sounds a lot like a uh, Tom Cruise's movie coming out this spring, uh, Oblivion. Pretty much the same premise. Um, returning to Earth after uh, after its inhabitants have left. So, well, I think it's uh, kind of looks similar, but kind of looks like a cross between Avatar. Uh, you think you're gonna go watch that one? Which one? Uh, after Earth. I think uh, uh, closer to the movie being released, I, I want to see what the word of mouth and what the word of mouth is. Whether and I kind of want to see a trailer or preview before then. No, you know I think Will Smith is right. Uh, I will see it, and I don't need to hear anything about it, even if it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so oh, there you go. <laughs> Will Smith is unstoppable. I'll see it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have no choice but to watch this movie, and we will. And uh, if I enjoy it or not, you know, doesn't really matter. Unstoppable force. Unstoppable. Right, and um, that's that's the. Uh, any other movie news? Touch on. I I don't have any movie news right now, but I believe in the month of February we'll do some some movie summer previews. Just, All right, and uh, we could do uh, you know an Oscar prediction. Um, you know, we could do that too. Right, as it's a slow sports month. Right, All right, and um, let's see. Uh, so, son, you got anything to plug? I don't have anything to plug. Uh, I just remembered there. Uh, Japanese people have found a video of a giant squid. Underwater, about 30 yards or 30 meters long. Uh, that possibly really? is is it possibly the kraken? So, really? <laughs> yeah. They, that, is that a real story? How do they know it's I don't 30, know. 30 meters? No, that video of it, and they they said they they have found uh like I don't know if skeletons, but like remains. I don't think they're skeletons because they don't have bones, but like remains of a. Like a lot of thirty thirty meter long squids, giant squids underwater in the deep sea. So, and but this is the first video of a living one. So, the kraken maybe wow. is a, maybe what happened in Pirates of the Caribbean two and three were real. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, maybe just that, just that scene. All right, yeah. Well, uh, well, I'll go ahead and uh, check that out on YouTube. 
he's the Kraken, the Kraken, the Kraken Jack. And, um, <laughs> all right, uh, that's our uh, that's our show today. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, listening to Pen Weekly, and uh, we'll see you later. Thank you.